Welcome to the Coconuts Podcast. Today is January 29th, 2021. The Coconuts Podcast is your home for top trending news and pop culture from all across Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. I'm Summer Lee. And I'm Byron Perry. Hi, Byron. Good afternoon. Rainy afternoon here in Singapore. Um, Vim's gone shooting soy sauce commercials again. So you're stuck with me. Very sad. <laughs> and the people um, go wild. They hated Vim. Just kidding. I have a piece of banter I would like to discuss. Have you seen yes. the video of the monkey drinking the beer on Palau Uban? Yes. Um, I, I saw that there was, you know, uh, a gif of the monkey and what what beer brand is that? I'm like, free advertising, but on the other hand, animal cruelty. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks like a Kirin beer. Do you know Kirin beer? Japanese beer. Mm, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I just found it funny that the monkey was uh, chugging the beer and fought over its monkey friend to prevent that dang monkey from taking its beer. But mm-hmm. I do not support the enabling of alcoholic monkeys. Absolutely. And like, I don't know, I remember my first beer and I thought it tasted like shit. So I'm like, this monkey mm-hmm. is just, it go, It looks like it's going down easy for this monkey. So many questions, many questions. There's a lot of questions. Um, yeah, my first beer, God, I cannot remember, to be honest. <laughs> this is many moons ago. <laughs> Advertise with our in-house agency growth. Fast, funny, digital. Join forces with us to slay buzzwords, rise above the noise, and sow the seeds of something great. Get in touch via coconuts.co slash growth. And our top stories for the week. We start off in Bangkok. Ugh, above the law. Privileged ties party on to the insult of the struggling public. You know, you know what story this is. You know, we've been reporting a lot of people doing dumb shit in the pandemic. But yeah. So... Celebrities were forced to come clean about their whereabouts to health officials under threat of prosecution after public outrage erupted over an an apparent double standard in which VIPs were allowed to withhold information required of everyone else. What? Um, Yeah, I apologize in advance for butchering um, all of the Thai names in this story. But yeah, singer Karit Kaot Huntam, who's 23, um, became the latest celeb in the spotlight after he admitted to not disclosing his whereabouts in the 14 days before he tested positive for COVID-19. A member mm. of boy band Axis, Karit was confirmed to be among dozens at a birthday party for radio personality Techin DJ Matum Ploipech, who emerged as a super spreader after taking ill last week. So Pongsakon right. Kwon Wong, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. city spokesperson, he said that the singer will pay a penalty if he is found to have intentionally hidden information. Any infected patient who hides or refuses to give information to authorities is subject to a max penalty of two years in prison and a 40,000 baht, that's like 1,300 USD, fine. And yeah, Tetchin initially went public with the information that led to several restaurants and stores to close temporarily while more than 300 employees rushed to get tested at his workplace GMM Grammy, all of which reportedly came back negative. But he withheld details about his two-day party birthday party i might add um from january 8th to 9th at the banyan tree hotel on Sat- on saton road so what the hell sounds like a, another case of uh one set of rules for the plebes and another set of rules for the um elite rich boy band members 
Yeah, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think everybody's not happy. Um, when you lie about your whereabouts and you're involved in a COVID super spreader event, nobody's going to be happy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as we all know, I guess Thailand was in the clear for a second, but now it seems like they're on their second wave. And I mean, it's thanks to dudes like boy band dudes like these still having birthday parties. Exactly. It's the boy <sighs> bands. We need mm -hmm. to crack down on the boy bands. That's the pandemic and the pandemic. <laughs> Absolutely. Meanwhile, in Singapore, LGBT rights defenders arrested protesting education ministry's treatment of trans students. So did you hear about this summer? Three students were arrested outside of the Ministry of Education here in Singapore. Mm -hmm, I did. And I was like, why didn't you tell me I wanted to go? It's like near my house, too. But, you know. Yeah. So Loon Lo and Elijah Tay were named as two of the protesters in a statement published online calling for Education Minister Lawrence Wong to end discrimination against LGBTQ plus students by MOE schools. Um, here's what the statement of the protesters said. We are a group of students and supporters staging a peaceful demonstration at 5 p.m. today outside the MOE at Buena Vista. We call on Minister Lawrence Wong to end discrimination against LGBTQ plus students by MOE schools so as to uphold the fundamental right of all students to education within safe and supportive school life. The statement also listed what it alleged were examples of the mistreatment of queer students. It including those that list of the mistreatment of students including included controlling what students wear, dictating gender-specific hairstyles, incorporating conversion therapy into school counseling sessions, and refusing to use a student's preferred pronouns. Ooh. Yeah, so here in Singapore, where most protesting is illegal and any protesting that's not illegal needs to be approved, and where um, being gay and homosexuality is still technically illegal, um, stuff like this doesn't fly. Pretty micro protest, three people with signs, but I think they were arrested. Do you know how long they were able to protest? It was like a few minutes before they uh, were yeah. taken away. Yeah, it was like 20 minutes or so, but um, apparently what they suspected to be plainclothes police officers did approach them and then a crowd started forming and um, they were given a move on order. I'm not sure what the heck that was, but apparently if you don't abide by that, you get arrested. So that's what happened. Yeah. And yeah. There's some bullshit. I mean, like, you know, we have a weird track record, I would say, and this is just another notch on the, on the, I don't know. In the belt. Not, of on the belt. Yeah, like, yeah. we are on record as, you know, arresting three kids for holding up signs. We are on record for that one dude, Jolivan Wham, holding up a sign of a smiley face. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's going to be weird to explain to our grandkids, is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Because hopefully by that time, things will be a lot different. Yeah. And even just speaking about um, the right to protest. So like you mentioned, we do have to get approval. But it's also worth noting that uh, as Singapore is in phase three of reopening the country, um, Hong Lim Park, which is the one place you can go to protest, but with your topic approved beforehand, has been closed since you know the start of Circuit Breaker. So what mm. gives, dude? So there's literally no space for protesting. So... In my opinion, in my humble opinion, I don't see what was wrong, So, but that's just me. Sure. Well, I think it was pretty effective. It was covered everywhere and uh, got a lot of publicity for their cause. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I think I, I would guess they're happy with the results, although they 
maybe got taken to jail, but I'm sure they won't spend too long in jail. Hopefully. Mm. Okay, uh, I think they were out on bail, if I'm not wrong. Out on bail. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And over in KL, this one's cute. Malaysian woman bakes Bernie Sanders meme into Chinese New Year cake roll. <laughs> now, this just ticks all the boxes um, um, where, you know, I put in relevant to my interests. So, yeah, a Malaysian woman just took the Bernie Sanders meme to another level by baking it into a kumquat cake roll for Chinese New Year. The KL based baker. He's everywhere. He is. And, like, of course, I have also participated making my own memes for a friend's birthday and, yeah, beyond. Fantastic. <laughs> But yeah, the KL-based baking instructor Kim Oi, who's 50, better known as Kim Possible on Instagram, adorable, was still inspired by the many memes of American Senator while he was at last week's inauguration for U.S. President Joe Biden that she decided to draw the grumpy-looking 79-year-old on a cake. Don't we all? And yeah, she even included his signature mittens and green jacket on the festive goodie, complete with floral motifs and designs of mandarin oranges to mark the occasion. So uh, she told coconuts that. How could you not us- include the mittens? It wouldn't. It wouldn't be the meme if it didn't have the mittens. It's gotta have. Absolutely. The very totally cute. right. And she nailed mm-hmm. it. Looking at it right now. Oh, yeah, no. you you have to see the pictures. It's amazing. But yeah, um, she told coconuts that it took an hour and a half to complete the cake, and it was her first attempt. And holy shit! But yeah, she is an Power. expert in making artful cakes. Yup, and she has created cakes themed after Studio Ghibli's Totoro and. Pokemon's Pikachu. And she said once the cake roll, uh, the roll cake is done, she paints on it using edible food gel for enhancement. And honestly, we need to clear a wall in the Louvre for this. Just saying. <laughs> Unfortunately, it will uh, disintegrate and rot. But apparently, yeah, probably somebody already ate it. True. Who's the lucky bastard? Can we freeze this masterpiece in time? And who is that lucky bastard who ate the Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders kumquat roll? Piece of shit. Share. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, unfortunately, the Bernie Sanders cake is not for sale. Uh, neither oh. is she accepting any more Chinese New Year cake orders. But yeah, her specialty is um, a cheesecake themed after the upcoming Year of the Ox. And yeah, she said, I've always loved cute characters all my life, even though I'm already in my 50s. Ma'am, age is just a number. You can love cu- cute characters no matter what age you are. You can, you can love cute characters until you die. Amen. Ripe old age of 99. Never stop two characters. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, in the Philippines, our favorite president, Rodrigo Duterte, is up to um, more profanity and fun. But in this case, about a serious subject and about him getting the COVID vaccine. Um, I think we've seen a couple heads of state getting vaccine, uh, vaccinated in public. I think Jokowi in, in Indonesia was vaccinated uh, in a ceremony and press conference. But Duterte will have to get his COVID vaccine in private because he will be injected, quote unquote, in the ass. <laughs> so, yeah, fortunately, we, we won't be able to watch that one. But um, here's what Coconuts Manila said. It's final. President Rodrigo Duterte will have his COVID-19 vaccine in private because he's going to be injected in his buttocks. His spokesman, Harry Roque, said today he had said so. As he said, because he's going to be injected in the ass, it cannot be done in public. Like I said, okay, straightforward. Okay, but, but that's I, presidential, I guess you don't <laughs> actually have to share that. But the fact that you did, I respect it, and all I can do is take that in and laugh about it. Yeah, absolutely. But I guess it also raises questions: Is in the butt um, his only option? Um, did he choose that? So many questions. So many questions. I'm sure the internet also has many. 
It is weird because it seems, I mean, everything I've heard about the vaccination is people getting it in the arm, right? So why does he need yeah. to get it in the ass? There's Absolutely. And yeah, I, I don't know. Nefarious plot here or ulterior, <laughs> like, is he not getting the vaccination? Is he an anti-vaxxer? Another thing that they said is that it's unclear what brand of vaccine he will use or or oh, when. So, hmm. hmm. Yeah, I would even think that, you know, because you are a public figure or politician, um, this is a photo op. So why are you not doing it is my question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he's just got um, an ugly ass. Oh, true. Otherwise, like, oh, you would if you had a great looking ass. You'd be like, <gasps> oh, my God, maybe he's a butterfly tramp stamp. Do it, do it. <laughs> Maybe there's some tattoos there he doesn't want the world to see. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So many questions. This just raises a lot of questions. We we don't Absolutely. have any answers here. Mm-hmm. And over in Jakarta, it's the thought that counts. And you'll see why I just did that. This Indonesian groom gave a pair of snakes to his bride as dowry. Oh, my God. But yeah, Indonesians have shown to be quite creative when it comes to marriage dowries in recent years. But nothing has come quite close in scale, <laughs> pun intended, to this. So in Islamic weddings, the groom or groom's father pays money or possessions to the bride at the time of their marriage. And the dowry is agreed upon by the bride and is usually specified in the marriage contract, usually taking on the form of money and or jewelry. Though for this couple from West Java's Bogor Regency, it takes the form of snakes. Yeah, the groom Sigit Agus Setiawan reportedly met his wife Tiara Puspita Dewi through a community of reptile lovers. And the couple was married last week and a photo of them posing with a big snake at their wedding has since made its rounds online. But of course, that was just a prop and not the actual dowry, however. As Sigit gave Tiara an albino, albino for the Americans, amethystine python that are one meter each in length. So from the beginning, I really liked reptiles, especially snakes. From there, I joined a community and then I met my wife. And she also likes snakes. Sigit said in an interview by a YouTube channel named Joe Cobre. Uh, he did tell her, I'd like to give you a snake as a dowry. And she said yes. And from there, we took off with a snake concept. But yes, it's, it's worth noting that besides the pythons, uh, Sigit also included in, uh, traditional dowries of a gold ring and a set of prayer clothing and rug. So yeah, the parents weren't cool. on board at first, but now they are. Yeah, you can't only give snakes, but if you throw in all the standard stuff and some snakes, we'll take it. Why not? Mm-hmm. Get, get like a full package in it. Good for y'all. Worst case scenario, you can eat them. Oh, God. Is that <laughs> it's, weird? It's probably, I, don't I don't know. It's probably sashimi somewhere is, is my thinking. I don't know. I doubt they would want to do that, though, because they're snake lovers. So, yeah, good for them. Snakes. Mm-hmm. Cute. That's an unusual bar- dowry. Moving on to Bali, Summer, remember that Russian dude who drove his motorbike off the pier with a oh, lady yeah. on the back of it? Oh, yeah, giant dumbass, yep. Well, he's gone. And he's gone. He has been deported from Bali, allegedly for violating COVID-19 health protocols. So this is another high-profile deportation of a foreigner expat living in Bali. Um, if you listened to the podcast last week or you read Coconuts in the last few weeks, you would know that um, a big story has been the recent deportation of an American expat who had kind of promoted Bali as being this paradise cheap destination and instructed people on how to get around immigration. Um, the Kristen Gray controversy, huge, uh, huge controversy. She got deported. 
one thing that people were saying about her deportation is that maybe she had it worse because she is black. Um, but uh, here's an example of a white dude who is also being deported. Uh, so here's Coconut's Bali on this deportation. They said, a Russian influencer who caused some hubbub in Bali last month for a reckless social media stunt was deported from Indonesia after officials deemed that he violated health protocols and the purpose of his stay permit. The influencer, who immigration officials have identified as Sergei Kusenko, has over 4.9 million followers on Instagram. He was the subject of outrage across the country in December after he filmed himself launching off a dock in Bali on a motorcycle and plunging into the ocean. The stunt prompted the police to launch an investigation as Indonesians, including Balinese designer and politician Nilu Jelantik, took to social media to call him out. His, de his deportation, however, was over a more recent incident. Immigration authorities said that based on his Instagram posts uploaded on January 11th, Kosenko was found to have violated Ind Indonesia's COVID-19 health protocols. The posts show him in a crowd partying without masks or social distancing. Man, everyone gets busted for social media. It's like, just don't post. Don't I know, post. right? You are... <laughs> so Might as well drop the location. <laughs> yeah. Like Kristen Gray, she didn't have to go on that tweet thread, you know. Um, mm -hmm. That was why she got deported. This guy, you don't have to share. I mean, first of all, you should not uh, be partying maskless and violating COVID protocols. But if you're going to, at least don't share it on social media to your 4.9 million followers. Mm -hmm. um, be stupid yeah. in silence. Mm. But I guess uh, I don't think that's going to be changing anytime soon in our influencer-led world at the moment. So, um, yeah, sometimes there are consequences and Sergey will no longer be able to ride his motorbikes off piers into the water <laughs> in Bali. Although he could be back soon. Who knows? A lot of times he, they get banned for six months. But we'll see. <laughs> true that. I not say how long he's banned for, but I have a feeling Sergey will be back and maybe Kristen Gray. Mm, true that. Because I think with Kristen Gray, it was like a six month thing. So yeah, yeah we'll wait six months to see if you come back, but maybe talk about your treehouse only to your circle of friends and not the internet. Maybe, maybe. Yes. Well, <laughs> she doesn't have the treehouse anymore, so. True. Not really true. much to talk about. I guess she can <laughs> talk about the great time she had there. <laughs> <laughs> and over in Hong Kong. This one sucks. But yeah, no Indian slash Pakistan writers. Deliver closes customer account over racist comment. Oh yeah, and this comes after... Ethnic minority staff expressed outrage over a customer demanding no Indian slash Pakistan writer in a recent order. Leslie Chan, a district counselor in Yao Simon, told Coconuts that he received a screenshot in a WhatsApp group with delivery workers in the district. The screenshot taken from the delivery app showed a customer's order instructions. It reads, can leave at door after ringing the bell. No Indian slash Pakistan writer, please. The customer wrote. Crazy. And of course, I know you stupid people. On Beyonce's internet, my god. But yeah, so the screenshot was shared on Twitter, obviously, where users accused the customer of being blatantly racist to the thousands of South Asian workers in the city who have taken up food delivery work during the COVID-19 epidemic. Pretty accurate yeah. accusations, I might add. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, of course, the internet was ablaze with comments like, this is so unacceptable. Each and every rider takes a risk to deliver food at your door for your convenience. How can one be so rude? And it's true. There's just like many issues with this dude's statement. Dude says to leave the, the food at the door after ringing the bell. So you're technically not going to see the rider in the first place. 
But you also said that no Indian or Pakistan rider, like what? The, yeah, the level what to do, just charge it, mark it as delivered, throw it in the trash. Yeah, what the hell? The levels of stupidity. Somebody need to deliver a can of whoop ass to this dude is my is my opinion. I don't know. Yes. We don't uh, advocate violence, but um, a proverbial yeah. and uh, figurative uh, can of whoop ass. Absolutely. <laughs> True. Yeah. Just uh, good old fashioned racism, but uh, you hate to see it. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, with delivery drivers and delivery riders, they're like the true unsung heroes of the COVID era. That They do get some love, but they should get more because, mm. um, yeah, they do. They bring us our dinner. They bring us our lunch. They make things convenient. They make things safe. They take a risk. They ride through snow, sleet, hail. Not so much here, but more so rain, um, traffic, bad air quality, rude people on the roads and who they're delivering to. So, yeah. In fact, I want to take a a moment to give a round of applause to all the delivery drivers out there across Southeast Asia, Hong Kong, and the world. Woo! Thanks to y'all. I don't have to walk. Yes. We can all become more obese. God bless. (laughs) Yeah. Um, in Myanmar, our top story of the week was about a group of pilots who have pivoted to become cooks of chicken. Uh, yum, yum. There's been quite a few stories about of these types of uh, pivots, I think, since the pandemic hit. But the uh, story said, what has wings but cannot fly? These Myanmar pilots cooking chicken to get by. Wow, bars. Silly. Uh, yeah, somebody's dropping bars. What has wings but cannot fly? These Myanmar pilots cooking chicken to get by. The story goes, in normal times, Ong Po would be putting on his pilot's uniform to fly his favorite Boeing jets for Myanmar National Airlines as he has for the past 23 years. With most of the fleet grounded, however, the 42-year-old chief pilot and his flight deck trainees have set their sights on a new horizon, making the most delicious barbecued chicken to survive the pandemic. Instead of teaching them takeoffs and landings, Ong Po began schooling them on how to manage a business that's after they were laid off when airlines halted operation. Today, those students are in charge of what's proving a successful business, Flying Chicken, or FC. Smart. Besides, I want, I want them to know how to earn income during difficult times, for example, this pandemic. I want them to know how hard it is to earn some cash, Ong Po said in an interview at their office in Yangon's Takita Township. He had just returned from coaching at aviation schools in Manila in March of last year, along with his students. Um, wow, this story took a long time to write. If this interview was last March, <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, these guys are making it work, uh, doing what they can to keep uh, you know the, the the wheels turning and food on their plate and food on other people's plate. Um, next time I'm in Yangon, which I don't know when that will be, I will definitely try some flying chicken. FC. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, just from these pictures, like I'm trying not to lick my screen at the moment, but it looks so good. Yeah, it does look great. And when you put a lot of effort and thought into, a, you know, a simple and straightforward dish or one dish, I think you can really create magic. As it seems they are doing with this really good-looking uh, grilled chicken. Mm-hmm. And our guest this week. I speak to Charlie Lim and Aisha Aziz about their new bilingual collab called Won't You Come Around? Give it a listen. Won't you come around? 
our guests for this week are Singaporean singer-songwriters, fashionistas, yogis, <laughs> Shani <laughs> Rim and Aisha Aziz. Hi, guys. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Yo. Aisha is the fashionist I'm just the I'm just the former. Do you believe that, Summer? Um, I don't know. To our discerning audience, let the record I show. I believe that Charlie Lim is fashion. <laughs> I'm into very niche. Yes. Niche fashion things. Very but... sustainable fashion. <laughs> yeah. I yes. see. Yeah. Me, right off the bat, I wear the same thing for ten years. <laughs> sustainable. Um, that skills you to be able to wear something for ten years, like exactly. the same thing. I we have one. I have one friend who's a comedian, and he only wears the same things. Like he has like three pairs of the same exact clothes. And pants, and he's only seen in that. You know Smart. what? <laughs> yes, crazy. Also, I mean, like it speaks to the power of his washing machine. You know, to keep that going. Good for him. Yeah, man. <laughs> pretty, pretty fire, man. Yup. But yes, let us get into the interview. <laughs> oh yes, thank you, Summer, <laughs> yes. for doing this. <laughs> thank um, you, guys, for coming on. For sure, for sure. Yes. Why are we here? I wonder. I wonder. Um, Stay tuned. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so you guys, we do have an international audience. Um, so yeah, could you please introduce yourselves to our overseas listeners who might not be familiar with your music, even though that should be a crime? <laughs> it's okay. There are a lot of it's musicians okay. out there. Um, we'll my name is Carly Lim. And this is Aisha. I'm Aisha Aziz. You probably know Aisha. Because she um, plays in Indonesia a lot. Ooh. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I do. I do. I actually have a song with an Indonesian artist, artist, uh, Risky Fabian. So Ooh. yeah, we did a song like back in twenty seventeen, I think. Nice. Yeah, so it's been cool. Yeah, mm, but I'm Aisha Aziz, singer first, songwriter, dabbler, and um, yeah, dude, we're here to um, promote our song. Uh, we're here to share what we made for everybody and we're glad that uh, we're t- speaking to people of Indonesia Yay. and people are all around the world Yay. 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 but I guess to the people who would you say are your music influences uh, I grew up listening to a lot of like contemporary singer songwriters mm-hmm. um, nice. like Jeff Buckley mm-hmm. Damien Rice mm-hmm. uh, Regina Spector that sort of thing and then that kind of got me into more like old school singers and writers, you know, so like Leonard Cohen, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell. Uh, but then I also really like a lot of soul R&B music. So D'Angelo, Erica Badu, mm. that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. So, a lot of radio. Oh, wow. Oh my God. You should do like a Spotify playlist, dude. Sure. Yeah, dude. Why has this not been done? done? We should do a collab playlist. Yeah. Just like check out what yeah, we've been listening to, right? It's so idea. fun, yeah. For sure. Um, I, um, on the other hand, uh, is in the pop world of things, and I grew up listening to a lot of Malay music, a lot of Indonesian old folk music, and um, very old soul stuff. Uh, and I was mm-hmm. also very attracted to like you know the the pop music, the famous Hollywood world, and you know like the the NSYNC, the Mariah Carey, and all these balladies. Amy Winehouse, Shade, you know, Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald, oh my god. Yes, Queen. So, a lot of singers lah, mainly, because I feel like whenever I listen to a song, I'm always listening to the voice only. I don't listen to anything else, you know. Now I'm practicing to, like, listen to, like, the bass line, I learn to, like, properly focus, but naturally, I just, I'm attracted to melodious um, voices. So, 
I yeah, I listen to everything, man, and I'm learning to appreciate dangdut also. <laughs> do you know dangdut, Samar? I do not. Please tell us what that is. Dangdut is Indonesia's uh, reggaeton. Wow. Basically, Ooh. yeah, it's it's yeah, it's. I love good, it. Good, um, good kind of trashy music. <laughs> We need to make this playlist, Aisha. Yeah, yeah. dangdut, dangdut music. Fine. Adding dangdut. I'm adding dangdut to the two Google lists. Yes. Get get on it afterwards. Yeah, and then you can TikTok forever. Oh, for sure, for sure. TikTok is always in our conversations. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So those are like my music influences. I I feel like every time I listen to something new, I get inspired to um, insert that in my craft. Also, you know, like. Vocally, I think I sound very different from who I was four years ago. So, and that's just because of my influences along the way. So, I think, mm. yeah, it just keeps changing, lah. Mm. And I love it that you can, you know, uh, it seems like a combination of old and new, and it's mm-hmm. very much reflected in your new single, mm-hmm. "Won't Come Around." It's yep. like it, it's, the beat sounds like something the kids listen to nowadays mm-hmm. too. Uh, and yeah, it's like a very old soul, old timey kind of vibe too. So could you tell mm-hmm. us more about the song and what it's about? I was working on it for some time uh, with mm-hmm. my, um, I guess he's sort of like a music director, collaborator. His name is Chuck Karong. He's an amazing jazz Sifu. pianist, mm-hmm. composer, arranger. Um, yeah, we were just working on it. For, uh, I was working on a demo with him and I was just writing gibberish lyrics but I had the melody going. And I just didn't really know what to do with it. And um, This was before like, more like modern production came into the picture. Um, so I, I spent about a year and a half just kind of putting things together. And I was like, you know, this would sound really, really good if I had to do it. And like, immediately Aisha came to, into mind. So I hit her up, um, just hoping that she would be free or and keen to come on board. And she very graciously said yes. So we have some. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Again you. and again and again. Oh. Always, always. Um, it's been great. It's, been, yeah, yeah, dude. I didn't imagine this. Like, Me too. Yeah, so and I'm very happy. Yeah, like the reception. Video and everything. So, yeah. Mm. The reception of the song is also like, people are people are digging it. Mm. And um, mm-hmm. oh, I don't, I didn't expect it because, you know, some, some places like, they have problems with it, with it being bilingual or whatever. And I feel like I put that in my head so much. Mm-hmm. But then, um, when I just let it go and like see the reaction of people, people that's you know yeah. have so much love for it. And it's funny because I was still with a major label at the time. The first thing they like, I played them a demo, and they're like, "Oh, we don't know where to place this." You know, mm. this is like, I don't know why they keep bringing up this whole. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, this is bilingual. What's needed here, not there. Do you have yeah. like, a full English version? I'm like, no, this is the song. And mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. why can't people just accept that you listen yeah. to K-pop? On a you know on the mainstream radio station, mm-hmm. you hear Despacito. On- <laughs> just too many, too many times. In yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, can't mm-hmm. you just like take a bit of your national language? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's the national language in Singapore, and that's just it. Just feels like the yeah. same camp of people who didn't want to watch critically acclaimed, uh, Parasite because they didn't yeah. want to read subtitles. It feels very that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know, this whole system. Very so, old, yeah. yeah. It's, very old. Mm. it's not going to change, and people are afraid and all that. Yeah. But I'm very happy in, in, with, with how the people have just sort of picked it up mm-hmm. uh, and resonated with them. Whether they speak with us or not, it mm-hmm. doesn't even matter. 
uh, we're very grateful for all the support so far. And, uh, we've been working with Cross Ratio. They've been really lovely mm-hmm. helping us put all this together. So, Shout out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very grateful. Yeah, and just to the people, the Malay parts are not that hard to learn. Like Google Translate is free. Facts. Come, I help you. I help you. Facts. <laughs> Honestly, yep. right? It was just to it was just to provide another vibe, really, because essentially mm-hmm. the meaning, if you look it up, is still love. It's still about you know. Um, yeah, I think it's, it's still about human experience. It's mm. just in another language, and what's wrong with it? I, my favorite album of twenty twenty was like complete. It's Kali Uchis. Mm. <gasps> Mom. Dude, Spanish that album. album. Yeah, Man. that Spanish album completely changed, like blew my mind, and like I just love whatever she did. Uh. And no, I don't understand a thing she said, so I had to like go on Genius and you know. Yeah, but it's totally worth it. Right? Translation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love it. But yeah, mm-hmm. just speaking about lyrics, can I ask, what mm. is your favorite line from the song for both of you individually? Oh, that's a hard one. Right? I mean, there were like bars throughout. La, so, what was it? To fix this old vessel. I bend it. I'll bend my. That's, that's my verse. Yeah. Uh, I'll bend my habits just to, to fix, fix this old vessel. vessel. Yeah. It's Love like it. trying yeah. to change myself. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And like somebody new in my life has kind of like made me see that, that I need to change. I've been doing the same thing forever. But yeah. Yes. That's, the, that's, the that's my favorite one. My favorite is actually. My favorite is actually when we when we harmonize. Patience um, is a virtue. Uh, that one's nice, mm-hmm. but your verse you do. Uh, I'll take my chances. Oh, I'll take my chances. Take, yep. Uh, you take your time, and then we, we I do like a harmony. Yeah. I think like that's a really nice point in the song. Yep. Yeah. It's really cool. Love it too, but yeah, mm-hmm. the whole thing is a freaking bop. It's already climbed its uh, its way into my on repeat on Spotify. Just say thank, thank you. So good. What appreciate you. Oh. Appreciate y'all. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then I guess I would like to ask about the video as well, which you just dropped this week. Mm. But yeah, could you tell us what was the inspiration behind it? Um, I had this, uh, we were on a Zoom call mm-hmm. um, with John uh, one night. Yeah, one night, our director. John, the director for the music video, yes. Um, he And he, he just wanted to speak to us about what he had in mind for, because he already, you know, gave us kind of like, the vibe of what it is through a PDF file. But then when we spoke, I think it like, he really like solidified the, the true core of the song, which is, um, and enlightening yourself or, or, or off experiences where, uh, where it was fearful. Now you can see it like, okay, now I'm just them rambling. No, but you, no, you no, we it. I was hitting somewhere and then I'm rambling. No, Totally <laughs> yeah, but he, he was more okay. I'll just say it, like um he mentioned like something about ego death and like an enlightening experience, uh a climax in your in your head or something like that, mm. you know. A yeah. turning point. A turning point, yeah. exactly. Mm. Yeah. And uh, self-revelation. Yeah. Yes. I think like this the past year because of you know the pandemic mm. and everything, it's it's turned a lot of us, especially artists, like mm. inwards. Going into like hibernation, writing mm-hmm. mode, and reflection mode, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think uh, we, I think that actually manifested a lot in, in you know the meaning of the the video mm-hmm. and learning how to. Like, everything's kind of short and slow mode, 
And uh, mm-hmm. actually, there's this really nice scene where she's like, you know, almost like baptized in the water. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like I just hit the ground <laughs> while yeah. I was just like running. And I think like like the, the symbolism behind all that is just kind of like learning to take your time, mm-hmm. learning to like, yeah, just just kind of uh, observe yourself and be aware of what's going on. Um, well, the song is like it's sort of like a love song, but it can also be interpreted as like a thing that you can sing to yourself, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. during during a very difficult time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, yeah, there's nothing too elaborate, or, or you know, there's not some crazy narrative going on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that the, the feeling that you get from watching the video is like, okay, it's very like visceral. It's very, um, yeah, you get it, lah. You know, there's like a, a nice juxtaposition mm. um, between our scenes and Aisha's you know, at, at the, the ocean during the day and I'm, mm. like, and I'm walking in the city at night yeah. and we're both you know, feeling, feeling very lost and tired, right? So I think like mm. it's, it's a general like, you know, in Singapore we say like sien, yes. <laughs> whether it's like apathy or uh, just tiredness, whether you're burned out, I think, I think we can all relate to that, mm. especially, especially during a time like this. And uh, but then mm. coming to terms with it mm. and reflecting on this and being able to slow down and go hang on, it's okay. I think that's very. It's like a, I'll take away from yep. the video. Yeah. It's like John also mentioned when um the scene where I go inside the water. It's like people don't imagine you uh you should just finish an event and you feel very sad. <laughs> okay, at the event you feel very sad. You just sad with life, right? Yeah. And then you go to an event and then after that you go to Changi Beach and then you you just like I feel like going to the water but like who oh, goes into yeah, who goes into the water with, you know, nice clothes, you know, <laughs> on, right? But mm. that was kind of us surpassing something in our head also, you know, like uh, you know, don't matter who who sees, it doesn't matter who who's watching us or it doesn't matter if I get soaking wet, I just wanna go inside the water and I did and you know, that is some sort of like a freedom also. Mm. Mm. Uh, from something in your head yeah. yeah I love that like you guys are wearing long pants in the video and then like when the waves right crash on your pants right I'm like oh my gosh please can you roll up your pants but, yeah. I know right <laughs> but yeah I like that the feeling of liberation like yes. is, is that Changi Beach by the way that is Changi yes. Beach and it was so nice to be in the water though like it was the timing was perfect it was too hot and then the waves were crazy mm. You mm. just learned how to swim? Uh, yeah. Oh, couple, couple of days ago, before the shoot, I was at the beach learning how to tread water. Yeah. water yeah. Oh, wow. She has her own stunts. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. It's so awesome. I was like, don't worry, guys. I got me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, did you learn to try water just for this video? Um, no, I just learned to tap water for my safety. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, good. Uh. Life skill. Yeah, man. Like, do it. Whatever happens. Like, I need to be able to swim. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 2020 was just really picking up skills that you would never think of, right? Like, I learned how to, mm. you know, ride a bicycle without my hands. And I was like, yeah, bro. Woo! Oh, my gosh. I still need to learn. But okay. Yeah. Yeah, just and, speaking and of. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. We are just speaking of. I guess I need to address the elephant in the room. Uh, the freaking pandemic, lad. That is still going on. Um. Do we have any specific, very specific pandemic hobbies that we've picked up that we want to tell everyone about? Pandemic hobbies. Pandemic mm. You've got heaps. I've got heaps of it, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, like, people, yeah mine was yoga, mine was painting, oh. yeah. headstand. Mm-hmm. Oh, you uh, can do a headstand? Yeah. She's a pro now. She can do it. Just, yeah. just a headstand, okay. 
Oh, but, but yes, I can do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was fun. Physically, I was just doing things physically. Musically, no, bro. I, I totally shut off. But you've been jamming a lot and writing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I was just wasn't listening to a lot of music, but I was writing more. Mm. I think there's this like weird feeling of like whenever I listen to something on Spotify, I feel a certain kind of pressure to write like that mm. or, you know, to be as good as that, to have those kind of chord progressions and everything. So when I stopped listening to music and mm. just wrote, yeah, just wrote on like an instrumental or whatever, it felt more, um, more real uh, in a sense, like I wasn't beating myself up too much, which was cool. I didn't quite understand that though, like, not being able to listen to music for a while. It's just like a burnout thing, maybe, mm. you know? Because you always think there's like a reference. Yeah, but, you're right. But really, you should just make stuff because you want you're to. You're right, you know? yes. I think like musicians do have that burnout. Mm. That, you know, we feel like we always need to create something that's as good as what we like. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. But, but that's, that's the irony of being an artist, right? Mm. You have to create something that's real and it sounds like you. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. so I think we're always stuck in that paradox mm-hmm. and like some producers also always like um, when they have this thing where they like okay so what are some references and I understand that they do it for you know just to get an idea of what you mm-hmm. have in your mind la. but I also feel a kind of pressure of it sounding exactly like because some producers do that like we send them their references and then it sounds exactly like that song and I'm like mm-hmm. no yeah. no you know I think that's, that's what I like about our team yes because we don't care yes what it sounds like Exactly, yeah. and put it out there and had no expectation. You didn't give me any reference of like what yeah. the song was supposed to I'm be just like, like. Just be you, yeah. Like, just write like you want to. So that, it, that, it, it worked out beautifully. Yeah, that was freeing actually. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely very interesting to hear your perspective because we plebs that don't play music or write songs mm-hmm. as beautiful as you do. Uh, yeah, it's really good to hear what you guys have been listening to. And yeah, guys, I think we really have to make this Spotify playlist. Lah. <laughs> yeah, you should. Wow, well, we're mentioning this too many times, huh? guys. Are we manifesting <laughs> this? <laughs> yes. Yes, playlist. Okay, mm-hmm. so Sama, tell us about you. Where do you... <laughs> okay. uh, uh, sister, who, who wants to hear about little old me? <laughs> the people want to hear about you. But yeah, okay, just me. I've actually, my pandemic hobby has been yeah. learning guitar. So I'm trying to do that. Yay! (laughs) Have you developed calluses on your fingers yet? Uh, We're on our way, but I also have very good moisturizers, so we're trying to tone it down a little bit. (laughs) Self-care. Yeah, man. (laughs) Do you practice every day? I try, I try, but you know my neighbors... Did you play your first song yet? Oh, uh, guess what? I'm learning Wonderwall. (laughs) Is that the cliche first song? No, no, no. Once you get all four chords, you can be Mm. assured do whatever you like. Exciting! When I grow up, I'm going to be Ed Sheeran, not <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, back to you people, because that's what the people want to about. <laughs> but yeah, just throwing it back to you and putting you on the spot. Mm-hmm. What would be a dream collaboration for you both, anyone did or alive? Uh, take your time, take your time. I know it's a big... Oh, okay. Amy it's funny, you, you were talking about like, Billie Holiday earlier. Mm-hmm. I was just like listening to her. I don't know. Like, I think I think a collabor- like, collaborations... I'm scared to meet my heroes. Oh, yes. I'm scared to work oh, with yes. people that I like worship. Yes. Yeah, I think I'll be terrified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to work with... I don't know. I would say someone like... Maybe James Blake. Like, mm. like, like a producer... Okay. Yeah, he'd be really cool. Love James Blake. Love him. What about you? 
um, mine would definitely be Amy Winehouse because I feel like I can learn about so much songwriting and so much feels from her, you know. And I also she's just want to hang out with her and oh, mood. I don't know, man. She saved me, man. Like mm-hmm. her music really did save me, and mm-hmm. I would just love to just hang out with her and um, exchange frequencies mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ask her for hair care tips, all that. Mm-hmm. All that. I mean, her hair. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's amazing. She's amazing. Her huh? phrasing, yeah. just yeah. 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 It's just like, yeah. Yeah. And every every time she sings is another emotion, is it's another experience mm. you get entirely. Mm. And that's really, she's a true jazz singer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Just she's a rock like, star. Uh-huh. She's like incomparable, man. Yeah. Oh <sighs> well, yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. But yeah, from old albums to new, right? Did you guys have a favorite album of 2020 that you just need to tell everybody to listen to. Doesn't have to be yours. It can be yours. Anything. Mm-hmm. Mine was that Kali Uchi's one that we mentioned just now. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. Sin Miedo, I think it's called. Yeah. I really like uh, Matt Miller's album. Circles. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that one was released after he passed away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, in, I was in London at the time, just before the pandemic imploded. Mm-hmm. So I was just like alone there and just like, walking around, you know, really enjoying myself and, um, yeah, listening to the album nonstop. So that has a lot of, like, good memories for me. I think that's what good music does, right? It like, places you, it captures a moment in time. Yeah, exactly. It reminds you of that, that particular, uh, you know, snapshot of your mm-hmm. life. Of that moment. Yeah. And that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I guess it's the same effect that that Vitamin C song has, all on our, has on all of our graduations, you know, you know? As we go on. <laughs> oh, they were going to do it. Na, na, na. <laughs> yeah. And everybody, no, I'm sure like all the Singaporean listeners, they were like, oh, hell yeah, this is my jam. Oh, but yeah, yeah, maybe, right. yeah, which brings me absolutely to my last question. But, you know, uh, what's next for you both that you can tell us? Release the cute I, single. I honestly cannot tell you anything about it what's next oh. for me yeah i'm just living like week okay. by week at this point mm-hmm. okay even if it's for legal reasons totally fine could be like i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go walk my dog later it's gonna be great yep. i would be happy for you but yeah i'm just feeding my cat later yeah. on tonight that's all that's all i can tell you Love Do a couple more interviews yeah <laughs> just a few more interviews and then a couple more interviews go and... and feed my cat <laughs> no, I think like this, this, this whole like pandemic, not being able to play live, it's like definitely thrown a spanner mm. in the works. So I think we just have to pivot and mm-hmm. or like find new ways to work on music, release music, collaborate with with people in different ways, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. uh, see what happens. You know, hopefully we can travel again soon. Yeah, please. And just adaptability, la, mm. right? Flexibility. If you're flexible physically and like mentally, I think you'll be fine. Mm. Yeah, just be present in the moment and mm. you know, like don't be too worried about whatever the future holds and whatever the past trauma haunts, whatever lah. Just to be real and be happy. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what's important for me. You know, people always ask me like, Oh, what are you been busy with? Busy What are your plans? Busy yeah. trying to find happy, bro. <laughs> and just I think once you're happy everything falls in line and you know uh things that you plan out might not plan out to be what it is but it could be better also so yeah. endless possibilities true that true that first yep. it, was, 
go next is Dalgona coffee. Mocha oh my god! Always everything. Dalgona <laughs> coffee like really truly gave me a cramp. Yeah, like my <laughs> hands were so sore. I was like, I didn't have a whisk, and I did it with a fork for I think fifteen minutes. <gasps> dude, you must be like, as hell, dude. Yeah, and it wasn't amazing. It was like bitter stuff over the meal, and I was like, I did all that for this. Uh, yeah. I feel you. I'm like, it was cute, lah. Yeah. yeah, not Bella. When other people do it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's all. Thank you questions. so much. Thank you so much for being on here. Yay! And yeah, to, to your new projects, aku tunggu. Aku tunggu. <laughs> yeah, sing us out, girl. Sing us out. <laughs> sing us out. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I guess that's about it. Let's Thank you guys so much. On. On. We remember. You paid us out there. Huh? <laughs> See you guys. Bye, Thanks for having Bye, me. Bye, y'all. Thank yeah. you so much. That's our show for today, guys. We will talk to you next week, and Vim should be back. So for all of you who have uh, really been feeling a hole in your heart with <laughs> not having Vim on the show, don't worry. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support Coconuts and our weird and wondrous stories, you can become a CocoPlus member at coconuts.co slash membership, make a patron payment at coconuts.co slash patron, or buy a fresh merch at the Coconut Shop at shop.coconuts.co. Subscribe to the podcast and leave reviews. Tell us how you feel and what you like and don't like. We're excited to hear from you. The Coconuts Podcast delivers impactful, weird, and wondrous reporting by a journalist on the ground in eight cities. Singapore, Bangkok, Hong Kong, Manila, Jakarta, Kuala Lumpur, Yangon, and Bali. Listen to headline news and insightful interviews on matters large and small designed for people located in or curious about Southeast Asia and Hong Kong. The Coconuts Podcast is a Coconuts Media production. Our hosts are Summer Lee and Vim Shamugam. Our executive producer is Byron Perry. Our production manager is Clarissa Cortez and our editor is Raina Lim. Coconuts.